Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father, through His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Word of God that calls for our attention this morning comes to us from the Old Testament reading from Deuteronomy 26, particularly verses 6 through 8. The Egyptians treated us harshly and humiliated us and laid on us hard labor. Then we cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great deeds of terror, with signs and wonders. So far our text. This morning's Old Testament reading is one often read also on the day of Thanksgiving, as this was the Thanksgiving speech that the Israelites were supposed to give once they had taken the first crop that they had planted in the Promised Land. That as they offered the first fruits there, they were thanking God for fulfilling His promise of bringing them into the Promised Land. But they also have to remember the hard times that they were delivered from. So it begins, the Egyptians treated us harshly and humiliated us and laid on us hard labor. So why were the Israelites in Egypt in the first place for them to be treated this way? Well, Jacob went down into Egypt and sojourned there during the famine under Joseph's time. And although they were few in number, they became a nation great, mighty, and populous. So much so that a pharaoh arose who did not know Joseph, who was scared of a revolution that might be by these Israelites living in the land of Goshen, and so he enslaved them. We're not sure how long a time their enslavement was, but we do know that when Moses came back to deliver them, they had been in the land for 430 years. And then we hear as we get to our Old Testament lesson this morning that they are at the end of their 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, which coincides with Jesus being led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days, one day for each of those years to be tempted by the devil. Because that's exactly what happened in the 40 years of the wilderness wandering, was temptation by the devil. And the deep guile and great might that are his dread arms in fight conquered the Israelites over and over again. And he tries it again in the wilderness of the Jordan with Jesus, saying, if you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. I mean, after all, you haven't eaten in 40 days. You're hungry. Fill your belly and then you can do whatever else you want to do. Or as he takes him into Jerusalem, into the place where God has caused his name to dwell. Takes him up to the top of the temple and says, throw yourself off. Make a big spectacle of yourself. Because you and I both know that it's written in the Bible that he will command his angels concerning you. And they will bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. So you can float down. Make a big spectacle. You don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to do all of that stuff. You can have an instant following right now. The guile dripping from his lips as he makes these promises and these temptations. And then there's the one in the middle showing his great might where he can show Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and their moment of glory. And says, all these can be yours. 
All you have to do is bow down and worship me. And again and again and again, Jesus bested the devil in all of his temptations. So our gospel reading ends, when the devil had ended every temptation, he left him until an opportune time. That opportune time would come about three years later. As he stirs up Judas Iscariot to betray Jesus, stirs up the chief priests and the elders and the soldiers to make a big spectacle of him and the bonds and the stripes, the pain and the scorn that he has from not only the crucifixion, but even even the beating and the torture that he endured beforehand. Heartless scoffers surrounded him, treating him with shameful scorn. Whether it was the soldiers making the crown of thorns and kneeling before him, yelling, Hail, King of the Jews! Or if it was the chief priests and the elders standing at the foot of the cross, echoing Satan's words, If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross that we may believe in you. And all of it, Jesus bore patiently. And this is the thrust behind our opening hymn this morning. O Christ, you walk the road our wandering feet must go. Because we live in a road, in a world where the road is nothing but filled with temptations. And so we began that by saying, you faced temptation's power and fought our ancient foe. And at the end of the hymn, we pray, stay with us through temptation's hour to fight our ancient foe. Because what might of ours cannot be done. Soon we would be defeated. But He stands by us, valiantly fighting for us. Because we have cried out to Him for His help. Just like the Israelites in Egypt. They, we cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers. Because they knew He would listen. Luther tells us in the small catechism that God not only commands us to pray by giving us the words to pray, but promises to hear us, which is why we can pray any prayer. Because we have been united with Him through His Son. And this doesn't only count for us who are after the crucifixion. It counts for the Israelites as well in Moses' day. That they could call upon the Lord knowing that He will deliver them. Because they had been, they had heard the promises echoed down the generations of the coming Messiah, the coming deliverance, not only from oppression, but also from death and the grave and from sin. These promises lead us to confess His goodness and to cry out to Him in times of trouble, but also in times of praise. Because it is that confession of Him being our Lord, Him being our Savior, that brings us the benefits and the knowledge that no matter what happens to us, as Luther writes in A Mighty Fortress, take they our life, goods, fame, child, and wife, these all be gone. Our victory has been won. The kingdom ours remaineth whether they're celebrating the fact that they're having the first crop 
in the promised land, or they're still waiting for the last plague of Moses to be delivered from Egypt. They could still praise God, knowing that regardless of their situation, it is the same God who cares for them. Their faith cannot be taken away, regardless of what else might be taken away in this life. Which is why we can go through the history of many of the martyrs and all the saints and see some of the things that they endured, but held firm to their faith. Because they knew the kingdom was still theirs. And Israel knew it because the Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction and our toil and our oppression. He sent Moses to deliver them, to do all the mighty works, to do all the signs and wonders, the deeds of terror. But yes, initially terrorized and terrified the Israelites as well because they're trying to figure out all this. But then eventually they see as nothing but terror for those who are against God. They saw in the deliverance that Moses gave with that outstretched arm of God leading them, that He will command His angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Forty years they walked around in the wilderness and nothing faded. Their feet did not swell. Their clothing did not wear out. Everything they had, they needed. Or everything they needed, they had. And everything they wanted was also given to them from God's great goodness. Because he was showing them that under the cloud of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day, they were in the shadow of the Almighty God. And in that shadow, they could dwell securely. They could have that peace of conscience. That everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That everyone who believes in Him will not be put to shame. So he tells the Israelites, as they are making their first fruits offering from the first crop, to say, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come into the land that He has promised and swore to our fathers to give to us. He brought us into this place and gave us this land and has given us this bounty. He gives them those words. He gives them that ceremony because of a question that we will ask while we sing in communion this morning. Do we pass that cross unheeding, breathing no repentant vow? Because you and I have seen the great and mighty works of God. We have seen the forgiveness given to us by being washed in the waters of baptism. Having heard the words of absolution being spoken to you. And in a few minutes, being able to receive Jesus' body and blood in Holy Communion. We see all these things, but sometimes we take them for granted. Just like the Israelites, who had just seen all the amazing works and crossed through the Red Sea. And what's the first thing they do? Where's the food? Where's the water? Did you bring us out here to starve? Too many times we also take for granted the great things that we have seen and only point out the complaints. 
which is why the church for centuries has had the season of Lent as a time for preparation for Easter. Because, yes, we can just skip right on through, just keep counting Sundays after Epiphany, and then get to Easter, and it's like, yeah, okay, it's just another Sunday. But the season of Lent gives us that moment to reflect. Not passing by the cross unheeding, but taking the moments to be able to sit there and go, wow, this is what God did. And that's the thrust of the Wednesday evening service sermons this year, is different perspectives from the cross given from the people who were there. Because some of them have the peace of their conscience because that is their Savior up on the cross. Others deal with, hmm, I'm the one who told them to nail him to the cross. I'm not even sure who he was. But gives us the moment to consider. So we don't look at all these things and take them for granted, but see them as the precious treasures that they are. The great and mighty works that God does for us in our midst every day. So that we may thank Him. Because yes, all the things that we endure in this world, we need those reminders of His goodness, of His grace, and of His mercy. Amen.